Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this, my friends, is a Four Center podcast feed, and this is another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me and a guest ranking things in Star Wars, and this one was a delightful challenge today. We are going to rank our favorite characters of the Star Wars Cantina, Chalman's Cantina, Chalman's Spaceport Cantina. You know, the Cantina from A New Hope. To do that with me today is Joseph Scrimshaw. 
Oh, I'm so happy to be here uh, in doing this. Uh, I was really happy with this topic because uh, this is something that I want to do every time I watch A New Hope. Like I'm usually watching it for some other reason to just enjoy it or to analyze some scene. And like every time I watch it, I'm just like, but I want to pause every shot of the cantina and learn every name. <laughs> and this is a really fun exercise and just spending a ton of quality time in the cantina. An exercise, indeed, in a fun Star Wars way. Even you and I, we've been around this canteen a few, for a few decades now, Joseph. We've been around <laughs> this one. I, but that doesn't mean you know. Doesn't mean doesn't mean you know everything. The names have changed. The, the late 80s introduced the card games and the role-playing games and all these things that suddenly give names to creatures that Kenner once called this and uh, all these kind of things. Um, it was a fun Fun, fun thing to do to just find out who was that, what's the story there, and connect to the early feelings for me of being seven and going, look at that little guy. Who? What is that guy doing? Uh, so this is going to be an adventure indeed. Yeah, yeah, and you really highlighted it there, but I, this is one of the most unique, I think, uh, junctures of Star Wars fandom where there is all of this Legends canon uh, for names that also intersects uh, with toys, you know, with, mm -hmm. you know, the t old tales of the cantina book. But then a lot of that got reinterpreted with the from a certain point of view in modern canon, uh, yeah. a new hope book. So you and I were uh, we're talking off air about it's actually a challenge to look up some of the names of these characters, mm -hmm. like particularly we'll get to some of them. But we're just trying to describe them like sad guy near door <laughs> star wars <laughs> and you know i tried that exact google and came up with some very interesting things but did eventually find what i was looking for yes yes so let's dive on in we are ranking our favorite characters in the star wars cantina as i said shaman's cantina shaman's spaceport cantina oh, there's a lot of names uh, but we love the cantina so let's rank our characters starting joseph with your number five my number five, I just had to go from the heart. I had to start with a character that I believe I've included on other Star Wars ranked lists, and I will again in the future. One of my favorite background weirdos in Star Wars, favorite cantina creatures uh, in cantina characters in general, and that is Cabe. Cabe, the female Chadra fan, or to just put it in a little bit more conversational uh, terms, a little bat lady who wants a drink real bad. <laughs> Uh, Chatter fans pop up a lot. They are like, you know, it's one of the great things about the cantina that some of the uh, characters, some of the aliens are like just bizarre, mind blowing design. And some are just like, uh, that's an animal person. <laughs> the fact that Gabe is a, a little bat creature, the name Chadra fan for the species is really uh, fun, but really just those shots. Uh, it's the reaching up for the drink with that gimme 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 energy uh in her hands eh. i'm on her wikipedia page and it says under personality and traits yes cabe used her annoying high-pitched squeaks as an effective way to get the attention of chalman's cantina bartender woo hair <laughs> <laughs> yes she did and then there's a controversial shot later where uh cabe is trying to drink but it looks like she is missing her mouth with uh the glass <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Which, yeah you know, you can be like, well, it's behind the scenes and they didn't really know that this film was going to be, you know, examined frame by frame for decades uh, after its release. Uh, but I like to just do the headcanon of uh, Cabe is very distracted of um, what's going on and she misses her mouth, which I have done in bars. 
I've done at home. Just look at my shirt. Uh, this is, yeah, this is a great way to start the list. This is absolutely, I think longtime Force Center fans will know this is a, this is a character really close to your heart for so many reasons. And yeah, just, uh, there's going to be a lot of scrolling through Wikipedia on this episode. A lot of little, wonderful little morsels of cute faces in a form of currency, currency cabe, uh, woo hair to cabe, a uh, lot going on. A design though, I want to talk about the design, Joseph, that vest, the orange jumpsuit, like, you know, as a kid, you could have thought this was like an X-Wing pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, all the different dress uh, of the wearer in the cantina is really like, is that what they want to be wearing or is that what they can afford? You know, is that a fashion mm-hmm. statement or is that like, I don't know, this is what I got today. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But it, it still continues. It, it you know extends the great Star Wars aesthetic of vests. This looks like some puffy. Like uh, she went to REI to get this kind of vest. <laughs> it yeah. gives, it, gives it a different energy. Yeah, to to an ode to Black Widow. Uh, a lot of good pockets <laughs> on this. Uh, yes, there you go. Cabe is wearing Elena's vest. Uh, <laughs> that is our new canon. But yeah, just you know, there's only so much to say about Cabe uh, because she is a character who's featured very shortly. But you know, little Bat Lady, who's gimme, gimme, gimme about the drink, just is one of those great establishing shots that adds personality to the cantina, right? And yeah. I think we're gonna end up talking about that uh, a lot. There's just like cool aliens, but what they're doing and how they're doing it is, you know, a triumph of the direction of the cantina. And one of the things that makes it feel real and lived in. Yeah. It sets the tone for this list, but quite frankly, sets the tone for that bar going yeah. for just what you expect to look for in all star Wars bars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we want somebody demanding a drink in all star Wars bars. So that's my number five cave. Great way to start the list. We are uh, going to my number five, and you know what? I, I was I, this is a character you and I have talked about a lot. Uh, I know this is a character you enjoy, but I thought, you know, is it just it's too obvious to put on the list? Is is it too much? Uh, he's a humanoid. It's a little, a little boring, you know. You got uh, you know Shadger fans and Devarodians, all these wonderful characters. But nah, I gotta say, I love them. Uh, sideburns and all. Uh, my number five is Boshek. The Great pilot, choice. Yeah, the pilot that. Destiny called and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so there in his gesture, like, I can't help you, but maybe this guy. <laughs> They've checked Chewie. So, yes, that's the scene, the famous scene. Kenobi trying to get help at the bar. Chewie next in line. Boshek is given the opportunity to transport everyone off of, uh, off of Tatooine. We think, you know, we don't know the details of the conversation. It could have been a haggling over price, could have been busy, or Kenobi might have been like, good to see you again, pal. <laughs> Maybe Boshek shows up in the Kenobi series as a drinking buddy. We'll find out. But Boshek is just one of the first characters, Joseph, that I think inspired headcanon conversations, right? Even if you didn't really know what headcanon was on the playground of the 80s. Of What about that guy? Who was that guy? Who was yeah. he? And what would you, have you, you joke and you laugh now, uh, but... You know, when I was rewatching these scenes and in, in the, the scenes before him, because I got caught up when Obi-Wan is telling Luke, you know, you find the best of uh, freighter pilots here. That really had a vibe like I know because this is where I hired my <laughs> yes. my uh, flying off here that you joke now. But I I can imagine us jumping forward in time and having a big conversation on our uh, Kenobi report show <laughs> of. All right, was it too much pandering to fans that Boshek's the one who took Kenobi off the planet? Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, he's so great because, like, he is, um, 
he fleshes out the galaxy in this very specific way of like he's Han but not as cool, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a handsome fellow and he, those big sideburns and that slick back hair. And he's like, no, I can't, I can't be doing this one, but uh, mm-hmm. Chewie and, and Han here. So he's got a little bit of a Han vibe, but he's got the, the, you know, more familiar uh, pilot gear. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot that's just kind of fascinating about him. And then the, uh, the specific, you know, Im- incredibly important small moment in fate and a new hope is so much about fate and choices right and yep. here's this incredibly small but important moment uh through the character of Boshek. yeah and i know there's a lot of legends material and he's you know got some force sensitivity going on he's from Karelia. there's a lot of things he's done he, he's a veteran of the kessel run not in, not in uh, 12 parsecs there but uh, I, I just like taking I, I love all those stories and deals and it shows up again uh, what in freefall uh, yeah, Poe po Dameron novel. Uh, he's there, so we you know you know he's uh, kicking around the galaxy for a bit. Um, but I uh, I just love taking it also for what it is. Everything you described of just of just not Han Solo, almost Han Solo. And you know we've all maybe turned down a job, and you wonder would that be the job that changes my life? We don't know. Your life goes where you need to go, and Boshek is that lesson for me. Yeah, and then if you want to go even deeper on Boshek, you know, I think Boshek is a symbol of that of uh, the the deep love of a new hope over decades that people pour and pour through the film and become obsessed with this character, and then it, it spun out into this, uh, you know, real world adventure of trying to find the actor who played Boshek, which is a great fun thing to read about if you haven't heard about that. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Who's the actor's name? I'm scrolling down here. Basil Tomlin. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I got to do a, a deep dive and, and reread this uh, whole uh, epic journey mm-hmm. to see uh, who. Uh, yeah, yes, it's the, the the true crime journalist Bill Jensen who took it upon himself to uncover the name of the uncredited thespian. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we could do a, a whole episode on that, as we often say. Uh, but that only adds to the mystique of Boshek that he he inspired this really interesting real life thing. Yeah, and if we're yeah, talking there about, we go, Francis Alfred Basil Tomlin. There you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, and if we're talking about Cabe uh, setting the tone for the bar, I think Boshek uh, definitely adds to the uh, any character can be something, someone, and have an entire full life. Legend stories and all. I, I love that uh, the canteen inspires that. So that's my number five, Boshek. I think that's a good number five. And I will also throw out there, I think we were doing a guest spot on another show. And, and the question came up of, you know, do you feel like you look like any other uh, Star Wars character? And and uh, I think, and I mean, this is a compliment. I think you got some strong Boshek vibes. That's right. Yes. Yes. I do remember that. I forget what show that was. But yes, I will cosplay at Boshek when Star Wars Celebration 2022. Look, you, you've, you know, you, your general comedy stylings, you could stand at the bar and just tell everyone that you don't want to speak to them. <laughs> but here's this other person you could talk to. <laughs> there you go. Love that. Love that. Uh, that's my number five. We're up to your number four. My number four, uh, we were real specific of we made this, like we weren't going to say best Cantina characters, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, but it also wasn't background, so I had to be honest with myself. This is a, a major character known by Star Wars fans, probably not beloved by just the average normal uh, human mm-hmm. <laughs> walking down the streets, but my number four had to be on the list, had to be Wu Hair. I just, yeah. I, I love the character of Wu Hair. He was one of those characters that, you know... Um, I, I learned his name and it was a, a fun comedy party trick to 
be like mm. if people are talking about Star Wars and be like, yeah, I love blue hair. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Like the surly bartender. Um, and you and I have discussed many times how much yeah. this uh, character of blue hair uh, shaped our own young expectations of how scary it would be to order a drink. Oh yeah, I mean, it really. I, I was watching, much like you, watching this uh, sequence again this morning, and 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 uh, while we we're making the list, and yeah, I had that the same vibe of like, yeah, that's still sometimes what I feel like when I try to talk to a bartender. Yeah, they got that cold energy that, like, you know, Luke doesn't know how to order a drink. He doesn't know the name of any drinks. He tugs on his shirt. And says, I'll have one of those. And Wu Hair really gives him a look like. Uh, Luke, you don't know what you did bad, but you just did something bad. Was it the tug on the shirt? Was it not knowing the name of the drink? Was it jumping the line? Is it is it just the general air of being young and naive in that you have no place in this bar because of that? Like, there's so much in that one little look of like, yes. Meh. <laughs> and then I was wondering, it just, is there just a tab? How does Luke pay? There's no, there's no pay. There's no, no, you know, all right, here's a drink, two credits. There's none of that. I was concerned. Luke, you got to pay. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just you flip coins at Wu Hair. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe Han covered for both. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't think so. I think he he threw a coin that somehow covered his his and Chewie's tab and Greedo's corpse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you know, and he's got some lines that are you know well known with a we don't serve their kind here and no blasters. Like uh, he's just he's a great presence. Let's talk about what brings the mood to that place of like you know obi-wan's uh pretty you know he plays this up pretty pretty bad of you know you're never gonna find a, a worse hive of scum and villainy more wretched hive of scum and villainy and it says this place can be a little rough you know and Wu hair is one of the things that really communicates that of just mm -hmm. like uh does not seem like a person who is getting any joy from their job mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and is just trying to get through his shift without being murdered. <laughs> right. Such a workaday guy. And that just adds to the vibe so well. I, I Yeah, I love that. I love what you're saying about them because, yeah, it, it represents all sides of the coin. Like, yeah, everyone in that cantina is just trying to have a good time. Doesn't always go that way. Uh, and and yeah, kicking out the kicking out of the droids always got me as a kid. Like I, I'm not someone. I'm, I'm a rule follower. People make fun of me all the time, but I like following rules. I don't like causing problems. I just like let me try to you know act act as best I can in in, in social settings and bars particularly. Uh, and, and and that always provided some kind of uh, fear and apprehension for me when that scene began when he kicks out the droids. Yeah, absolutely. And I do like uh, his what is fleshed out uh, about his character in uh, the from a certain point of view that he mm -hmm. survived some droid attacks in the Clone Wars and he's really doesn't like droids. I like that. That works well for me. I do. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think there's a lot to that. And, and uh, even establishing that he goes home and drinks uh, blue milk uh, to settle his stomach. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of details and <laughs> and. Uh, you know, a lot, any one of these characters has the ability to show back up in any part of the Star Wars stories, but we're looking at the Kenobi series. We're looking at it. I, I, it'd be hard to a young Wu hair starting a shift, getting a job, <laughs> showing up at the cantina for the first time. And I, I, you know, I don't know if I need how many times I need Kenobi to go to that bar, but I, I think I need it at least once in that series. And I, oh. I really want Wu hair there. Yeah, I mean, if uh, Kenobi's show is what rumored to be six episodes, so you know, two episodes in the bar, right? <laughs> Beginning and end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we see Wu Hair's really rough first day that explains his whole journey here. But uh, yeah, the bartender for me of Star Wars, Wu Hair had to be my number four. 
Number four, indeed. We're going to my number four, and it is, uh, you know, sometimes we just say the names you want and how you want to say them, but I go with Muftak. Yes, that's right. Nice. Muftak. Male towels. Uh, towels uh, do show up in a lot of other things, Clone Wars and whatnot, but I uh, love this character. Towels uh, are, are, how would you describe them, Joseph? Whitish fur, tall, furry, uh, bug-eyed uh, individuals with a little... Uh, Mouth, yeah, four oh. eyes with a snout mouth hole thing. Imagine just a little licorice straw permanently dangling from your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he. Oh, they have a wiggly straw for an orifice. Yes, that's there. You go. There you go. That's a great way to, to look at that. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Uh. And and Muftak's one of those names that. Uh, Kind of, uh, there's been different versions of it, uh, you know, then uh, other names show up in other sources, legends, whatever, but this is kind of where we're settled on right now. Uh, was a pickpocket criminal partner with a, a, a cab, uh, excuse me, Cabe, actually, uh, according yeah. to some stories here. So, again, this goes all over the place. Um, I just, I just, this, this, Joseph, the, you can throw all the wonderful connective stories, legends, otherwise aside. The reason I, I choose Muftak and, and love this character goes back to being seven or eight and just being horrified but enthralled with what I was seeing. Just what is that? It's so alien. It's so Star Wars. It's so different. It's it's goofy but also real. Uh, it just – I always was aware of that character. And, and again, not knowing a name, it didn't matter. I just be like, you know, the little, the little hose mouth creature. <laughs> you know that one. And then my friend would be like, oh, yeah, the, with the white fur. Yeah, that one. Yeah, he's a he's a great balance because he definitely looks alien, but the fur makes him look a little cuddly. He's not mm-hmm. like as scary, especially when I was a kid. And I don't know why this didn't gross me out or weird me out, but I, I you know, going all the way into my teens, probably until I saw more tall somewhere, I was like, is he eating something or is that a part of his body? <laughs> he's wiggling it like a loose tooth. What the hell is that? <laughs> Just made him fascinating. Uh, nickname Four Eyes and Spider-Man during production, during to his many eyes and furry face. Uh, I love that as well. Mold maker Lane Liska portrayed uh, Muftek on set there. So a lot there, but it's gen- again, it's just one of those characters that is, uh, it's there. You, you you just know, and, 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 and it's an inside language between Star Wars fans, which is why Muftek is on my list, Joseph, at number four. Yeah, and Muftak has maybe moved up in my list of appreciation because it's so fascinating to see these different cantina aliens that inspire all this storytelling. You know, mm-hmm. recently rewatched the Clone Wars episode that happens on uh, Ordo Plutunio, the home of the Talls. And to just think all of that just spiraled out of like, eh, this Lucas guy wants a bunch of aliens. Okay, let's yeah. make this one. And then all of this storytelling, uh, you know, spills out from that. I mean, the, the, the cantina sequence is historic and, 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 and legendary for so many reasons. But I, yeah, I always like, uh, like to think of it in that angle of just like George wanted this. George was never even really happy, but we let our imagination go wild with what we had. And, and, and look at it years later, we're, we're, we're still settled, celebrating these uh, species, most likely designed somewhere in a warehouse in Van Nuys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. That is my number four, which means we're up to your number three. 
My number three is one of the characters that I've loved for years uh, to the point where I, uh, well, quite a while ago, tracked down his name so that when I saw him on screen, I could just say his name quietly to myself. <laughs> and that is Danik Jericho. Uh, Danik Jericho will be known uh, to people is um, sort of elegant uh, vaping pipe guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Danik Jericho is one of the reasons that when you watch A New Hope on Disney Plus, you get a warning about tobacco use content. Yes. <laughs> a couple other people are vaping, but uh, Danik Jericho is really right out in front. The uh, the reason that I always gravitated toward him is he does he provides this other energy in the cantina. We have some people who look like they're having a good time, people who look like they're having a fight, people who look dangerous, and he's the quiet almost like elegant guy who's just watching and the way he almost seems like he's set in the mood that after the violence, he's the one who just calmly turns back and goes mm. back to his pipe. Yeah. You know, and it's, he's, he's so in control, you know, and this is just I'm not even going into some, any of his actual backstory. Right. I'm just saying like the head can and the mood I had watching mm-hmm. before I knew any of this of just like the, like it's such a contrast to Luke, right? Luke doesn't know how to handle anything or react to yeah. anything. His just youthful energy causes violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in contrast, Danik Jericho is the one like, all right, well, there was an er- eruption of violence, but now we're all just going to go back to what we we're doing. For me, that's smoking a pipe and looking elegant. <laughs> there's something, there's something a little eerie about it. And, and it stood out to me as, as a kid. And this was, this was one of the characters. I was like, it, it, it would have made my list if you hadn't already uh, included it. But what was funny is, Again, now, and, and you know, uh, I've competed in trivia contests. I've studied this all my life. I was, I kept typing in tall pipe guy, smoking <laughs> pipe guy, cantina pipe guy, and eventually found it. And then I was like, oh, Joseph already had him on his list. I didn't know Danik Jericho was in it. And by the way, I've read from a certain point of view where, where he's featured it. It just, it, it goes in and out of your brain. And you go, I think you revert back to uh, 1983 for me, where I'm just like, pipe guy, like, you know, pipe guy. Come on, everybody knows Pipe Guy. Yeah, Hammerhead, Walrus Man, Pipe Guy. <laughs> it's obvious. Come on. Um, yeah, so then his his various uh, backstories uh, are really, really fun and interesting as well. I'm trying to find his tab again because there are so many tabs open. Uh, but in the most recent version, and I think throughout his career, he is a, you know, elegant assassin of some kind. And mm-hmm. I think in his, from a certain point of view uh, story, he is offering to kill uh, Cornelius as Evazan, uh, but uh, Cornelius manages to get himself in plenty of trouble <laughs> before yeah. that. Uh, but then uh, in Legends, it's much more evolved, uh, much more developed that uh, Danik Jericho, here, here we go, was an Onsanti bounty hunter known as the Eater of Luck and by others as Death. <laughs> and he had his, uh, I always struggle with this word, uh, probisus, uh, that uh, the, the bug-like insects, uh, mm. uh, tendrils that unfurled uh, from his face to do violence to people. And this is celebrated in his action figure, which you can look up on Jedi Business. The action figure comes with a bunch of holes in his face, Mm. one near the mouth that you can stick his pipe in, and then two on either side of his nose so you can stick his uh, scary insect tendrils in his face. (laughs) I, uh, 
Now being super familiar with all of Legends, I'm now seeing some of this stuff for the first time. Jericho drank his victim's brain matter, or soup of life, as he called it. Reasoning they were unnoticed. Jericho preyed on murderers, thieves, and thugs. Oh, he was a good villain. He was also 1,006 years old at the time of uh, the cantina scene, according to Legends. Yeah, the soup of life was a quote I was trying to find. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I was not super familiar with that. The drinking the soup of life, and then that he only uses his violent skills on you know bad people is like oh he's Dexter in space cool <laughs> uh yeah not mock not mocking that but just uh, legends man legends will take it a lot of places so uh, I I like him as a male mutant human bureaucrat yes uh, legends uh, swings for the fences uh, yeah and now man he's on my list of action figures to track down now that I know his face is full of holes so he can drink people's soup of life so uh, that's great uh, uh, additional details but for me it really is just his mood and energy in the mm-hmm. actual movie that Danic Jericho is is up there for me he's my number three I love that. That's a great choice. My number three is a, a classic character, a great figure, one I even own. And it's just, you know, it just fits so well into the vibe and the aesthetic of the cantina. It is Nabrin Leeds. Nabrin Leeds is this uh, male Morserinian smuggler and a pilot for hire. So uh, maybe fate could have uh, come his way. Uh, flew uh, the Scarlet Vertha. Oh, yeah, you know the Scarlet Vertha. Uh, but this is a character that's uh, best, I think, described by the action figure, which is uh, you got kind of the long, almost like a Mars Attacks alien head with a gas mask, including a, a, a hose, uh, going to like a white jumpsuit. Uh, this is a classic Cantina character. This is in a, usually in a Cantina figure set uh, during the Power of the Force era, I believe. That's the one I owed, own. Uh, and uh, just to me, that's all I need to know. Uh, other things, um, other other uh, you know stories, legends, otherwise, I, I don't really need to know. I just need to know that this character, who by the way, shoots their, their head back when Wu Hair says, uh, "You droids, get, get him out of here." Uh, hey, droids! Uh, the uh, that whole uh, sequence, uh, Nabrin is the one that like turns around and is kind of like <sighs> problems. Droids <laughs> going back to drink. So yeah. I just love the look of this character. This is a classic Cantina character to me. Absolutely. Got a prime spot at the bar. I have such deep love of these uh, cinema scene three packs from the Power of the Force 2 back in the day. And yeah, Cantina Aliens uh, with our Deveronian friend. Uh, how are you pronouncing uh, Leeds' first name? Nabrun? Yeah, Nabrun. I think I always went Nabrun. And then Tequil there. Yeah, just a a great action figure set. And it was one of those action figures that made me really concentrate on spotting uh, neighboring leads in the movie and then, you know, kind of that reverse appreciation. Yes, yes. No, that, that, yeah. Even, even uh, in the mid 90s when you're starting to really, you always knew it. But that's for me, the mid 90s when you really were like, Pay, let's pay attention. Let's get the whole story. And and figures did that uh, because that's what the, I think the power of the force figures were looking at. It was like it was paying homage to a, a decade plus now, 15 years at most of us doing that on our own. Yeah. And sometimes the action figures are like, finally, you made them. And then other times you're like, where's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I got to go watch the film more closely to find them because it's not, uh, you know, the second I have uh, focused on. So, yeah, I think he that's a great pick. And I, we should point out that uh, uh, Nabrun or Nabrun leads four arms. Uh, that's key to the uh, character design and uh, functionality. So there you go. Yeah, so absolutely. Four arms to hold you. 
Uh, and again, yeah, I don't, there's nothing deep to me in this. It's just one of those like, and I have that figure uh, collection that you pointed out there. But even before that, it just was, it's such a 70s alien vibe. And, it, and, and, and George being unhappy with the sequence, I, I understand it. And he goes back and tries to make some corrections later on. But this was there from the beginning, and this really worked for me. So, George, you had it, you had it more than you even thought. Yeah, you know, and, and I think for Nabru and Leeds design, like this goes all over the map from, you know, uh, uh, animal people mm-hmm. to super weird. Nabru and Leeds is right, right in that sweet spot in the middle. Like he just looks otherworldly, but mm-hmm. still alien, but still kind of weird, kind of cool, kind of deadly. Just great mm-hmm. design. Great design indeed. Uh, classic character at number three, but now we go to your number two. You talk about aliens. What do you got here? Um, I had to go to the Duros, uh, the two Duros chatting of, uh, of debatable names, <laughs> a lot of name confusion, uh, but I believe the most recent canon, there's even some, uh, some bickering on Wikipedia about it, uh, Owen Damal and Chachi Damal. <laughs> Which Chachi Damal sounds like some sort of dance you would learn as a mm-hmm. teenager in the 1950s. Yeah. Uh, but Owen Damal and Chachi Damal, they are the two Duros who are chatting. Um, and what I like about them is I've always loved the design of Duros. Duros is, these Duros and there's others are, are, are so, yet another one of these designs that's like, it's uh, it's kind of evocative of the standard uh, drawing of an alien allegedly coming to Earth, right? A little bit yep. of that. Yep. Uh, but green and like it's weird, but not too weird, but it's really identifiable as Star Wars and it's exploded out right to the point where we have Shriv. We have all sorts of different characters who are Duros and a known and beloved species in Star Wars. But going back to that shot and the reason I had to pick these guys and, and go through the great debates about what their names actually are. Yeah. yeah. Is I just I love the mood of it. Right. There's so many establishing shots. And I'm inferring by by your list that that you're on the same track of there are those shots that make it feel like a bar, Mm -hmm. like a real human bar. And a lot of times we talked about the lived in of A New Hope, that it it broke the mold because it's kind of science fiction, space fantasy, science fantasy. uh, But it's not all shiny, perfect white corridors of this idealized future. It's lived in galaxy. And a lot of times what we're talking about is Ships are beat up. Things are worn down. But what really makes it feel lived in is emotional truth from weird effing aliens in cantinas because the way uh, I believe Owen is the finger pointer, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way Owen is going in on making his point with that finger. Uh, my, I have a very specific friend when I see that. Like, that's my friend from back in Minneapolis. <laughs> when he's really, he, he, he knows exactly uh, how long it uh, takes for uh, the U.S. government to release nukes. And he's going to tell you in the middle of the bar call. And that finger's going to come out. And it's going to point, point, point. And he's right. And he's making a point, And it's a bar point. <laughs> and it's exactly that vibe. Yeah. Bar point is that. That is definitely a thing. Let's put that in the, uh, in the, uh. In the annals of time, bar point. Yeah, uh, everything you're saying, uh, I echo here of, of just this one little uh, shot and then the head cannon of what are they discussing? What do they go? What's going on? What adventures uh, are they on? Which is, again, how that first movie in this sequence alone just inspires storytelling after bits of storytelling. Uh, one one shot of these two characters could really get you an entire TV series or a comic series. And then the legacy of Duros themselves. You mentioned Shriv, Cad Bane, so many. I, I'm on Wikipedia just looking at the 
appearances of the of the species. It, the scrolling goes on and on and on. Of course, the Paul Dameron comic, uh, more and more and more. Uh, they are just a key part of the galaxy. And again, starts from just we got to fill a corner on a set. Yeah. Yeah, and that that debate, the fact that it's just so like obviously they have stories in both legends and in canon, and you can dive into reading up on what their debate is. But just seeing that, it could be the most important thing in the world, right? Because they got drinks in their hand too, so it could be like, how are we going to get out of this alive? How are we going to save our family? Mm -hmm. Or it could be like they're debating about some hollow cartoon of like which character was the best on some cartoon in the Star Wars galaxy of just like some totally inane totally not important bar conversation too but it's heated because they're drunk yeah that's hilarious uh, and and i want to this this has popped up a little bit i, I want to discuss maybe now with you here is is we uh we have of that generation we grew up where the kenner figures were the names we thought or all these things and we didn't have all the resources maybe a starlog magazine or something like that occasionally or, or, or a book that eventually would come out it wasn't the late 80s especially mid 90s just explodes when you hear a lot of these stories, legends otherwise, and you get their names or from a certain point of view book, which spent a lot of time in the cantina, understandably, how is there a part of you that still doesn't fully connect to those stories? Because you're just going back to the first time you watched it and going alien dudes. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a part of me that wants to be able to just experience it as what it originally was, which is this moment of flavor and you don't know the answer. So you kind of have some fun. Yeah having it with a headcanon. Like I always want to be able to embrace it that way because I lived with it that way. So that for me personally is a part of the magic of like, you know, this is, you know, an important conversation, but you kind of don't know the exact nature of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the fact that I didn't personally read the the tales of the uh, most Eisley Cantina is a kid and I know, you mm -hmm. know, or as a young man and I know they are really important to people and I'm not, I don't want to poo poo them in any way, shape or form. But now there's just this little bit of frustration of like, between from a certain point of view a new hope which was kind of <laughs> uh, tales of the cantina redux there's so much confusion so even when i'm in the mood to be like i want to know their story like well yeah. it's a mess it's a the the cantina aliens and jabba's palace are both just kind of a mess canon wise yeah i, I agree with that and, and it doesn't mean that i don't want these stories i i I, I enjoy them, and, and sometimes it is a fun uh, fun afternoon to just scroll through Wikipedia. As we're putting together this list, uh, I, I got distracted by looking at some of the stories, the differences behind the scenes stuff, how much the figures did factor into some of the namings and confusions later on. But yeah, I, I just asked that question because I, I definitely know that's where I feel. Where sometimes I just go, "That's cool." It's still pipe guy to me, uh, which you know doesn't mean again I don't want the other stories. It's just it's funny how that that always seems to be present when I think of the cantina. Yeah, it is present for me. And I think sometimes when I've tried to do like a deep dive, like I really want to know who that character is. There's just a frustration because sometimes there's just still disagreement about names and backstories, <laughs> which makes it easier to embrace the mystery. Well, the Duros are at number two, Owen and Chachi. Chachi Damal sounds like a, a character that uh, you know a young De Niro has to get money from in a mob movie. <laughs> We're going to go to my number two. We need to talk about confusion. We're talking about, wait, what now? And figures uh, leading to uh, that confusion. I'm going to Tequil. Not to be confused with his brother Zutton, but to be confused with his brother Zutton. Tequil was a Snivian male, worked as a mercenary, and yes, this is the uh, Snaggletooth character characters. Yes, the big confusion. Tequil and Zutton were both present in the cantina. Yeah, they're both were there. 
Uh, Takia was a spice addicted <laughs> sniffian, by the way. Little detail. <laughs> um, so we, we can get into all that there and the classic Kenner figure mess up, uh, mess up and mix up. But the real, real reason I, I, I chose Takia and why Takia is high on my list is while uh, Chewbacca, Chewbacca and Han are talking with Obi Wan and and the stormtroopers come over. Takia's just right there in the foreground. <laughs> Looking so confused, but also looking like, what's going on here? Not wanting anything to do, but also wanting to know everything about it. And then a little bit later on, there's kind of another shot of Tequila just kind of sitting there. Just a great look. Uh, it's, a, it's a again, simple, almost sci-fi, delightfully corny sci-fi design, if you will, but just now fits so well into the Star Wars universe. You don't even think twice about it. Yeah, a little snuggle tooth guy. But I just, I just love the expression on Tequila's face, which is funny because it's kind of an expressionless mask. <laughs> and yet there's so much expression and it's an expression that that's a backstory I like because that expression does look like it's uh, enjoying some spice. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like it's Tequila's just sitting there going, oh no, the stormtroopers are on to me. They're on to me. They're coming for my spice. Oh, I know they're coming for these guys. Who are these guys? It's a yeah, it's a mask, and and I don't know that any of it was intended. But like it, Tequila looks like I feel when there's some conflict behind me at a bar, and like is this going to be a problem for me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, man. I'm just sitting here, just trying to enjoy myself, just, just trying to have a nice time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then the, again, the confusion because I I made the list and I started writing down Zutton, and then realized nope, that Zutton probably not the correct. One, but also not incorrect. But Zutton, you see prominently uh, later uh, walking around uh, the cantina outside when uh, uh, Luke is uh, Luke and Obi Wan are kind of going around. So uh, confusion all around, Joseph. Confusion all around. Thank you, Kenner. Yes, yes, absolutely. With the the two action figures, right? The shorter red and the taller blue. Yeah. Um. Yeah, in in Zutton, a lot of action. When you Google Zutton, you get a you know more action figures. You get Tequila in that uh, cinema scene. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but for me, I think just th- there's always been that weirdness of uh, Snaggletooth. I have a relationship with that action figure. It's like Tequila slash Zutton mm-hmm. won the action figure lottery, right? Because you had four Cantina characters. You had Greedo, main character with a name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Walrus Man, obviously, uh, Ponda Baba features prominently. Uh, I guess you could say that Hammerhead, Momanda Dunn, won the lottery, but definitely like a super weird, super distinctive alien. But then Snaggletooth, like really like, that's a prime spot. Like Mm -hmm. if any of these other aliens that we are listing, uh, you know, if Cabe had been the fourth action figure, everyone would know, uh, you know, Bat Lady. Right. Yes. You know, in this different way from our generation and have that in Snaggletooth is one of these fascinating characters, like from our generation growing up with those figures made the cut of only four cantina creatures. Uh, and then to have such confusion about like, and now who is he? I, <laughs> Sutton? I, Tequil? What's his deal? It's so funny. You're exactly right. Cause we're talking about just going back to our early days of watching it. He was, he was like number four in the depth chart. He, he was, he was playing. He was in the starting lineup. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, there's so many other characters in that ca- cantina that, uh, you know, someone mentioned honorable mentions and, and yeah, they jumped out. But yeah, I, you didn't really find out or care about the other characters uh, until later on. Uh, but Snaggletooth, uh, uh, the, the, the figure and everything that was right there from the start. You're so right about that. Yeah, really, it really elevates uh, old Zutton to Yeah. And again, I'd love to kill. 
uh, sitting there uh, with the storm, stormtroopers come up. Uh, if you're listening, I, I guarantee you'll never not see Tequil again. You'll always be focused on. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And uh, dig in more to the great Zutton Tequil debate. I, but that's a great number too. Uh, thank you, sir. I was doing some scrolling even now, going, "Whoa, I'm confused already." Uh, so that is my number two. We, as always, are going to take a quick break, reset, come back with some honorable mentions, and then our number one. Most favorite character from Chalman's Spaceport Cantina. Stick around here to Star Wars Rant. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey! 
Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> Welcome back to Force Center and Star Wars Ranked. I'm Napsuck and I'm here with Joseph Scrimshaw. We are about to unveil our number one choice, or each, each of our number one choices for most favorite character in the Star Wars Cantina, Chalman's Spaceport Cantina, the bar at the center of our Star Wars loving hearts. Uh, but as always, before we get to our number one choice, we have some honorable mentions, some denizens of the bar that almost made the list. Joseph, what are some of yours right now? Yeah, my first one is one that I had to work hard to find the name. Mm. Uh, it's a character I have come to enjoy more as I stare at the cantina. And it is, of course, that beloved Star Wars character, Deb Noli. <laughs> so I'm so glad you found the name because uh, I, I, it was another one I wanted to put on my list. And then uh, how did you find that name? Because bald guy in cantina, where'd you go? This was Sad Guy by the Door Cantina Star Wars, which just, I actually did, I put in a depressed human cantina, and I got a ton, a ton of, did you hear that ding? No. Did that come through? Okay, I just, I got a new computer, so no. I wanted to, if uh, I got a text that came in on my computer and went ding, like I'd said something amazing. And if the entire listening audience heard that, I wanted to acknowledge it. I'm not hearing things. There was a ding. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I Googled depressed guy, <laughs> got like a lot of blogs. <laughs> but what I eventually did, I can't remember what the search I put in, but I eventually found this great article uh, written by Pablo Hidalgo that is breaking down all of the humans in most likely Cantina. Yeah. Um, and if, if you want to look it up, it's uh, starwars.com slash news and then meet the humans from the most likely Cantina. But if you just Google meet the humans from the most likely Cantina, great article. Um, and if you're not familiar with Deb Noli, uh, he is in a shot by the door, a bunch of great exotic aliens. And it just, a, just looks like, you know, the, watching a sitcom and he's like an air conditioner repairman who hates his life and he's just slumped over <laughs> just, he, he looks like sometimes i love going to a bar or, or hanging out at a party for a bit he just but he lo just looks like he went out for the night out and the whole time he's like i never should have left i'd been home. <laughs> i could be home watching vhs tapes right now plenty yeah oh my god i pulled him up uh, yeah the, the quicker way to do this is just google deb noli uh, and you get uh, Wikipedia. He was a smuggler and bounty hunter. <laughs> he sought revenge on the Galactic Empire from pounding his ship from time to time. Uh, Deb Noli worked with Braun Burrs, a former commando from the planet Nenton. This is how all these entries go. They just yep. go deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just one shot uh, in this 
cantina full of bizarre, beautiful aliens and, you know, cool guys like Boshek and Han Solo, this guy who just looks like he is, you know, the founder of uh, DepressedDads.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great choice. Great choice. <laughs> yeah. So definitely had had to uh, share that. And then a couple of the other ones. Um the classic Deveronian. We've talked a lot about how the all these aliens from this cantina spiral out. We just saw a Deveronian on the Bad Batch, um, uh, but you know, known at the time as Devil Guy. Mm-hmm. Another great design that's just this weird mix of he is another one that that just changes up the mix of like, but that's a Devil Guy. <laughs> it's like the weird aliens, and then Satan. <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, his name must be said with great caution. Labria. Yes. Yes. <laughs> as, yes. As, once I, I didn't know his name until I got that cinema scene package and it cracked me up every time I looked at it. It's like, say that name with great care and respect uh, to make sure you are not misunderstood. The kids don't understand why the parents are laughing, but yes, the Deveronian, the devil guy might be easier to say. Yeah. You know what's my favorite thing to see in the cantina? <laughs> say that very carefully. Very carefully. Uh, moving on, uh, I had to include uh, Moma Nadan, yeah. uh, Hammerhead, uh, just one of the great, bizarre, weird characters, uh, of course, you know, made much more infamous uh, by the fact that he had an action figure. Uh, but I have a good friend uh, back in Minneapolis who's uh, a little bit older than me. So he was older when A New Hope came out and just always stuck with me. Did a million Star Wars sketches with him, you know, old school fan of, of all genre, you know, big Star Trek guy. So he was old enough to really be like, Star Wars is the new thing in mm. science fiction, in this world where science fiction is mostly, you know, ancient reruns and musty paperbacks. It's yeah. not a yeah. big part of our culture. Um, and he always told me, like, the thing about Star Wars that blew me away was Hammerhead. I'd mm. never seen anything that alien. And it was exciting and terrifying at the same time because it was so deeply alien. And I just, I've always been really grateful that he shared that with me to really get that perspective mm. of the shock of the cantina uh, on, on particularly people who are a little bit older when they first saw it. That's, that's great. I, I love, I know what you mean too, of, uh, of my friend, Dan, uh, uh, older by a decade and a half. And, and he's, he's got a, that teenage experience of sitting in the theater and seeing it. I've never really heard that about uh, Momon Nadan, Hammerhead and, uh, himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense though. Did you get used to it because yeah. he's like, he's hammerhead. But then you really take a step back and like, that's just freakish weird. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's great. Love that. That's great. Yeah. I love that perspective. Uh, and I got a couple more, but I want to uh, not uh, hog the mic. Sure. Indeed. Uh, I'm going to one that, you know, quite frankly, uh, you have to really do some scrubbing to think that you see this character. But it, it shows up in a lot of behind the scenes shots. Uh, it is the character of Katik Ked Kak. <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah. And this is, of course, the uh, female Yamri from the planet Huck. And in short, uh, this is the, the grasshopper that's hanging out in the cantina. Uh, this is a, a grasshopper with bad temper. It could be made angry very easily, according to the story. Her diet consisted of meat and eggs. Yeah, same goes for a lot of people. So I just love this character. Uh, I am more familiar. Uh, there's an appearance, I believe, in um, might be uh, might be Empire of Dreams. Might be I don't know, but it's just one of those. You've seen it in so many Star Wars documentaries about the Cantina and the old stories that we keep mentioning. George didn't feel this, and even I think Mark Hamill has a line of, eh, "There's a big bug in the corner." 
And it is. It's just a giant grasshopper. And uh, yes, it does not factor in greatly to the scene, to the movie, to the Star Wars saga overall. But if you ever feel about getting up on a high horse about Star Wars and dark grittiness, all which have a place in Star Wars, don't forget that there is a grasshopper in the canteen. <laughs> yes, yes. And I believe the action figure was like a fan choice. <laughs> Right. I'm trying to look it up. I, I seem to remember that from us going through the action figures. I could be correct about that or incorrect about that. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I was I was doing some. Uh, there, there, I looked up an article that was like the weirdest characters, and Katik mm-hmm. was on there, and like it had instructions for finding the shadow, the shadowy shape of the legs. Right, like does not feature prominently at all, but it is so important that uh, Katik was there. Right, uh, it is. It just, it's just it just it, yeah. Uh, I can't say any more than that. Honorable mention indeed, just for what it is. So uh, I also have uh, Felty Pern Trivag. <laughs> am, am I saying that correct? I don't. I don't care. I'm saying it for the way I need to say it. Uh, uh, yeah, this this is one that I worked hard to to find the name and then ultimately didn't include. And I was so happy when I saw it on your list. <laughs> uh, male Gotel. Uh, so Gotel's talking about weird creatures. The, they factor in a lot of Star Wars animation. Uh, these are the goat characters. A uh, lot uh, rolling around. A lot in the Clone Wars, and uh, there's one in the Bad Batch. It's always uh, floating around there. Um, I believe Sid's bar, right? Or we've seen in several places. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, but and, and and that's the thing is you, you can watch Clone Wars and and you clearly they're looking to the cantina and Filoni and team are looking to the cantina and going, what can we pull out of that and and uh, and 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 what do we grow up talking about? And so Felty, Felty Purden Travag, the greatest poet name in Star Wars, is a tax collector, by the way, and and does have <laughs> a. Um, I believe uh, it should uh, appear in uh, from a certain point of view. It's not listing it here, but that would make it'd be weird if it, if, if they weren't. Uh, anyways, uh, a goat again, a goat in Star Wars. But you don't it, the goat part doesn't dominate in A New Hope. That doesn't really jump out to you. Yes, there's a little beard, some red eyes, black pupils, and the horns. So yeah, I get it. But I just love uh, the fun that Felty Pern is having. They're doing some laughing, I believe, in that little moment, the sequence. And, 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 you know, you talk, you and I talk about how the, the cantina maybe made me personally a little afraid to go into bars as I grew up. Just, I'm going to get shot at. My arm's going to get yanked and <laughs> kicked out. But then you got this guy, Felty Pern, having a good time. So I can, I can see it's something I want to try. Yeah, I really uh, uh, partnered that scene with uh, Felty Pern with what I was saying about the Duros. Like, the Duros look like they're having that uh, insipid or important barroom debate. And and Felty Pern looks like just laughing, having a great time. And then, uh, according to some of the Wikipedia pages, uh, Felty Pern is, is trying to make some time. Yes. <laughs> trying to romance. It's just like, it's just, it's so perfect. It's just like, yeah, there, yeah, it's a goat guy, but he's doing what uh, many of us do in bars. <laughs> <laughs> He is uh he's enjoying a drink and cuddling up with someone he cares about. There you go. So uh that's on my list as well. Final one for me, I'll kick it back to you, is uh Turka Mig. All mm. right. Turka Mig. Uh, oh, excuse me. I wrote it I wrote it down wrong. Yurka Mig. Sorry, sorry, Yurka Mig. I apologize, everybody. I apologize to you most of all, Yurka. Uh, um, Turkamig is the action figure, right? I believe that might be it. As some confusion <laughs> there. Oh my gosh, all the names. So uh, Yurka, aka Turka, is a, a human, a uh, human imperial bureaucrat uh, with high security clearance. All right, uh, was working on uh, Tatooine here. So think uh, like a CIA agent working Tatooine. 
uh, is seen uh, in the uh, famous uh, sorry about the mess moment with Han flipping the coin. And if you uh, watch that scene, I, I guarantee you'll never not see Yerka Turka again, just kind of sitting there and has that look like, oh, what do I do? I mean, I'm, I'm an embedded imperial. Do I do anything here? Oh, no, that was pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to mind my own business. It just he just stood out every time I watched it. Uh, portrayed by actor George Stock, who did not get get any credit, but George Stock, you got credit now. Uh, so uh, there you go, Yurka on my list. Yeah, Yurka is uh, another great uh, just human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, final two for me on on my list is uh, Pones Limbeck. Uh, he is the Cinetine or the Brain Guy, and yet another like. They pop up a lot in uh, Clone Wars, different characters, and in other animated places, and like it, sometimes in books. And like, wait, is that is, was that really in the cantina? Just a, mm-hmm. a guy with a massive brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like it's on the outside. His head is a brain, and a, uh, yeah, so you can see him very briefly being classically upstaged by the first alien we see, Hem Dazon, who sticks his head right in front mm. <laughs> of Pons Limbic. But if you really look for him, you can see Pons Limbic. And yeah, another, just love him for the variety of like, yeah, weird brain guy, sure. Yeah, and so the reason I, I, I'm glad you include this character is, uh, again, it's 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 blink if you miss it type of thing, and, and, you, and, and if you're not super familiar with all the characters, especially for us uh, in late 80s, 90s, eh, some of them slip your mind. So when watching the Clone Wars and some of, you know, some of the characters show up that are Cinetine, I, I, I remember kind of being like, who are these stupid brain characters? Like, what is this? This is just bad. And then to find out uh, that no, nope, this was there from the beginning. Uh, it humbles me as a Star Wars fan, much like a, a grasshopper in the corner of the bar. To know that hey, they were they were already there. This was part of the imagination of uh, Lucasfilm uh, ILM at the time, and and, and George and everybody. Uh, and, and then it just makes me look at the cantina with uh, more awe. Number one, but also just look at Star Wars with a new eye. Have some fun. There's some craziness already built into it. Right. Yeah. It's all. It's always been silly, fun, weird, crazy. Yeah. From grasshoppers to brain guys. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. The Star Wars story. Final one for me is the Tonica sisters. Uh, they just they add a different vibe to the bar. Like I know their story has been uh, pushed and pulled back and forth. Of are they the Tonica sisters or is that a cover name? Mm. Uh, the current canon tab has this fun detail of like the Zan sisters mentioned in Solo might be a cover name, an alias for the Tonica sisters. Um, we get to see mm. them on a wanted list in in Clone Wars. Uh, so some great tonic scissor stuff, but just they've got this different vibe because a lot of the people in this bar we've been poking fun at, like uh, Deb Noli and uh, Tequil, look like they are not having a great day. Right, right, right. <laughs> that they are not the uh, the height of classy and cool. But the Tonica sisters really stretch what the cantina can be like. They look pretty cool and they look pretty like whatever the style is of the galaxy. They look like they're with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they elevate the bar a little bit. <laughs> love that. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, uh, Brea and Seti. And then the uh, looking at the note of the act, Angela Staines uh, played Senny and uh, Brea was by Christine Hewitt. And they were, they were real life friends were known during production as space girls. <laughs> times change yes uh well yeah yeah it's hard not to they're they're very prominent in the uh in the uh in, in the cantina and the, uh, yeah 
yeah, great, great look, great design. Love the Tonica sisters. So those are all my honorable mentions. That's great. So now it's time to get to our number one choice for our favorite characters in the Star Wars Cantina. I'll go with my number one so Joseph can close the show with his number one. We are going to, well, he's an absolute legend. So is his band. I had to include Figrin Dan. Yeah, the modal notes as well, but a little focus on the great Fingren Dan, the lead singer, the lead player, the lead just personality of the Cantina Band. You grew up knowing about the Cantina Band before you knew they're called the Modal Nodes. Uh, and he just stands out, of course, the Bith design, uh, classic alien, and then just the importance of that band, the importance of the music. Oh, we've talked about it, but happy to talk about it here, Joseph. Uh, it just made everything, tied the room together like a good rug. I absolutely love Fingren Dan. Yeah, it, it can be so easy to focus on the music that you look past the absolutely cool design of the Bith. And again, mm. how many different places they've shown up. Uh, and just the idea of figuring, Dan, that this is a, a part of this world. It could have easily not had uh, musicians in the cantina, right? It could have just mm -hmm. been a really kind of depressing down and out place. It's just kind of the murmur and the, and the glasses tinkling together. But it gives it so much life that there's music uh, and there's that one point where uh, there's a cheer when they start the second song. People are like, yeah, I love this one. Yes. <laughs> and knowing that that's possible in this cantina, it makes it so much more than, it, you know, it is a day drink and dive. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot going on there, including regulars who are getting to hear their favorite song. <laughs> Rocked on the clue horn by figuring Dan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bith are, are, are great design. Uh, I, I was looking at the notes here in eight. Bit uh, sits nearby at the booth, seven member band. So, is that their manager? Have we established that? <laughs> manager or roadie, right? Yeah, yeah, I can work. Sibling. Or embedded journalist, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's Quinlan Voss in a mask. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the songs are great. Yeah, you have to talk about uh, Dune C special, modal notes, and then Mad About Me being uh, the kind of the classic Cantina song. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just, uh, you said it well, of just like all the stuff going on, um, but the music. The clapping, the applause, it just is this wonderful detail, brings it all together and just inspired just as a kid for me, just so much imagination and was one of those, talked about it before and other with other characters or names, but just one of those first things uh, I knew in Star Wars. And again, not knowing that they were the modal nodes, I don't think they've been named yet, but just saying, oh, you know, you know, the Cantina Band and the Cantina Band was a phrase, a description. It was a group that I knew and I was seven and eight and I knew Star Wars because I knew about the Cantina Band. Seems silly, seems small, but for me and a little kid in that uh, time frame, it was big and part of my fascination with the Cantina. Yeah, and so alien, but so tied to the real world because the music is mm -hmm. great design by John Williams. It does sound alien. The instruments do look alien, but it's also attached to real life. It is such, it's just, it's a great little swing. This like mm. a small jazz group version of, of big band standards. And, you know, it sounds older because that was not what was uh, really popular in 1977. Yeah, yeah. But I just, every time I hear it, I just, uh, you know, it's one of those moments that always makes me reflect on, and you know, nostalgia and looking back to the past and, and incorporating the, the past of the real world to get that effect in the movie has always been a part of Star Wars. The fact that this is, you know, music that's about, you know, 40 years old then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just the idea like that's, can you imagine if like, you know, 
new Star Wars came out uh, and is like, well, you know, we're basically just going to have some really 80s uh, synth, (laughs) you know, to evoke that feeling of older times. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. 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 Imagine some uh, yeah, Elvis Costello new wave in that bar. It worked as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah exactly uh, so yeah absolutely great choice i think yeah you gotta include fig- figuring dan in the modal notes that's my number one but what sir is your number one favorite character in the star wars cantina uh this one i just i really had to go with heart of personal favorite mm-hmm. uh that i've been thinking about a lot and it is classic old walrus man ponda baba uh this is a prominent character in the actual movie, right? If mm-hmm. action figures had never been made, this would be one of the characters that we know because he has this strong interaction with Luke. It's very, very interesting to be such a prominent alien because this is one of the animal guys because yeah. he does look uh, walrusy. Uh, but there's something so alien and frightening about it. I think part of it for me, especially as a kid, it, you know, seeing the movie and then as a teen, that those deep guttural noises and you can't really see like where in your body is that coming from? <laughs> Where's that terrible? It's so alien and you Ponda Baba makes you feel Luke's like, you know, he's got that great when he's walking in and I'm ready for anything. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not even ready for Ponda Baba. He's weirding you out. You don't know how to, you know, it, so yeah. Ponda Baba, his presence in the uh, in the cantina, in the scene mm-hmm. uh, that his arm has the honor of establishing uh, yes, that's what's supposed to happen when a lightsaber cuts things. You're not supposed to disappear. <laughs> right. Things are supposed to be severed. And, you know, uh, later uh, lightsabers, we learn cauterize. But apparently uh, Aqualish, I think, just have very thin blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. That's my headcanon yeah. for why they, his arm bleeds so much. Um, but just, you know, my relationship over the years with this character, I had Walrus Man. I loved Walrus Man. He had the flipper feet. <laughs> as an action figure then he was one of the first that came out as an action figure and i saw ponda baba not walrus man this is great uh and that action figure is so cool and you know starts to really reflect his actual design in the movie with that awesome jacket it's got some great star wars early jacket design to it big freakish face light reflecting the eyes and and like all these aliens you know went on to spawn uh, Aqualish popping up everywhere. Bad Batch really recently that uh, Aqualish, uh, I think, uh, truck driver mm-hmm. <laughs> rocking right. out to tunes, oblivious. Great, great Aqualish moment. I've just kind of been on an Aqualish kick. And Ponda Baba, the original Aqualish, uh, one of the original characters that when those action figures came out, Power of the Force 2, that I, another party trick of like, yeah, no, he's not Walrusman. He's, he's, he's Ponda Baba. He's an Aqualish from the planet Ando. Have some respect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that was what I, this is the character that for me was that first big like wait they 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 named those I was off collecting baseball cards uh, now they're they're naming these characters now oh my gosh let me <laughs> figure this out which I loved and was uh, just uh, enthralled by that idea and yeah this is a, this is perhaps I think you know next to figure and Dan which is why I, I think they're they're great that they're they're our number number one choices here I think this is the most memorable character from the cantina growing up. This is the guy that's in Luke's face, the Dr. Evanson as well. But this was the the guy, the figure, you know, you didn't have an Evanson uh, character walking around uh, uh, with, with thanks to Kenner. So I just, yeah, grew up uh, always talking about this character, always thinking about this character, always being afraid of this character. He's aggressive. He's, he's described here, fearsome and strong, an alcoholic and ill-tempered thug who enjoyed bullying. Man. <laughs> 
Yeah. Talk about making you afraid to go to a bar. People will sense your innocence and then I'll be like, uh, he doesn't like you. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just your vibe, man. Um, a big, violent, scary guy who you can't understand doesn't like you. Yeah. And, yeah. And if my mom wanted me to keep you away from bars, this was the character that she could point to. Like, look at that. You'll go, you'll tug on the bartender's arm and then, and then this guy's going to come after you. Yeah, and there'll be no Obi-Wan to cut off Pwn to Baba's arm, no. say, mothers across the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. Great choice. And and I do, too. Uh, Walrus uh, Man is a fun kind of uh, name from the past, but I love the name Ponda Baba. I love everything about it. And uh, so, lo- so love uh, the the backstory that has sprung up around all these characters, but especially Ponda Baba. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess I should have thrown in an honorable mention. Like, you know, we should probably mention Greedo. Greedo is, of course, amazing. Yeah. Um, I think just kind of where I'm at right now, like I've lived with Greedo for a long time, have lots of Greedo thoughts. And I've just I've just been thinking about Ponda Baba a lot. So he he uh, took the top spot for me. For yeah, that we didn't really set our uh, explain our ground rules too much up top. But, yeah, the Lukes and the Obi-Wans and the droids and Han and Chewie and uh, Greedo's there, man. He's a character. He's dialogue. McClunky. He speaks to us. So I, uh, I've never considered him in the background of that bar. No, no. He is prominent. He is a main character of the cantina. He is indeed. So there you have it, friends. That is our list. Some of our favorite characters from Chalman's Spaceport Cantina. I'm sure we covered some you love, but perhaps some we didn't. We want to hear about it. Uh, you could even share your journeys to find their names as you uh, scroll the internet looking for uh, proof that you even uh, you know knew that character existed. Some some of these characters are like, wait, in the back of my head, was there like a bald guy kind of staring off into nothing? Yeah, there was <laughs> So there you go. You can let us know by following us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You, uh, you use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked if you want to talk to us. So we're on Instagram, YouTube as well. We're on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. Uh, you can also get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Get an audiobook at us on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. We're on a lot of spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. And you can support us directly by going to patreon.com slash Force Center. Follow me at Ked Knapsack or go to my website kennapsock.com more comedy shows coming up you can find out if i'm uh, nearby you and if you want to get a ticket for you joseph where can they go yeah you can find me on twitter instagram and tiktok is at joseph scrimshaw uh, from now on all of my content will be a uh, debnoli based so brace yourself for that and if you want some non-debnoli content you can check out all of my other comedy adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com That is it for now, my friends. So for all the creatures drinking in the bars everywhere, that's our episode today. Star Wars has been ranked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.